Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Deck Arts Podcast. I'm here with Adele Bourbon, broadcasting from Paris. She is from Paris. I'm not, but we are both here for the History of French Interior with Sarah Lawrence at the Parsons Paris campus. Um, And today we're going to be talking about sort of the luxury in 18th century France and maybe gilt bronze and French furniture. Adele took a class in French furniture and trends in interior design with Ulrich Leben. And then she also took a class in the art of 18th century French gilt bronze with with Charlotte Vignon. And so um, I'm going to let her explain why she chose these classes and then the subsequent um, paper topics. Sure. So hello, everyone. Uh, So as uh, Sophia just said, I'm French, and I've always been interested into um, French culture. And um, when I began the program at uh, Parsons, New York, uh, I saw all of these classes about uh, French furniture and French interiors, and um, I just took them. And... um, and uh, the first class with Ulrich Leben that I took uh, last fall uh, was uh, amazing. It was my first uh, kind of uh, dive in into the world of furniture and French culture for me. So it was just um, so yeah, it, it was uh, just an amazing class. And for um, for it, I did a, a paper on um, a commode from the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Um, it's a commode of um, by Charles Crescent, and I talked about um, monkeys, which was really funny, and how um, they are they play a big part in uh, the French culture. Um, and then uh, the last spring, I took a class with uh, Charlotte Vignon, who's a creator at the Frick Collection in New York, and, and it was a class about gilt bronze, and it's used in the 18th century. Um, 18th century France. And um, for this class, um, I decided to do a paper about luxury. So I began with um, uh, objects from, uh, again, the Metropolitan Museum of Art that uh, dealt with uh, gilt bronze. So it was um, a commode and a secretaire. And um, so I began to speak about uh, those two objects and I kind of bring out um, uh, stuff uh, relating to uh, luxury um, just by looking at them, what, uh, what they tell us about luxury and how uh, people in the 18th century moved around these pieces, how they used those pieces, and how the materials, uh, uh, in case of those uh, two uh, furniture pieces, it was lacquer and gilt bronze and, of course, wood. So how these materials add more wealth um, and uh, participate to give a certain image of the commissioner who was uh, the queen the queen of uh, uh, France, uh, Marie Antoinette. So I begin by talking about all of this and then I kind of move forward um, more theory and I based myself on uh, three intellectuals, uh, so Diderot, Rousseau, um, and Voltaire, who, um, they had three different views about what luxury was. 
And the reason why I wanted to uh, theorize luxury is because I wanted to have a better understanding of what these objects were and how and what they meant for 18th century people. So, and again, that was um, an amazing essay for me because I learned so much uh, through my research. So yeah, that was, yeah, yeah, I thought the part on Diderot Rousseau and Voltaire was really interesting because I had never personally connected yeah. all of their theories mm-hmm. to decorative arts because I've also never taken a theory <laughs> class before, but yeah. that part of the paper was really interesting. And then... Um, mm-hmm. I do really, really quickly want to go back to the monkey yes. <laughs> part, though, because that's so fun. Can was, you explain yeah. sort of monkeys? Uh, yeah, it was um, it was really funny for me to do that. Um, so in the paper, I kind of um, see where this um, desire to portray monkeys come from, and it actually comes from uh, the Netherlands um, and they portray um, lots of monkeys in their paintings. And there's actually this one painter, painter sorry, who's called um, Tonier, I think his last name is. And he has um, all of those paintings where um, normally you have uh, humans. There are a bit like, um, you know, landscape paintings by Bruegel, the other. And um, instead of humans, you have monkeys. Um, so you have, you know, several of these paintings, and they were very important in the 17th century. And kings all over Europe had and wanted these paintings with monkeys. Now, monkeys—they're, you know, of course they're animals, but they represent um, a certain image. They are fun. Uh, they're whimsical. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really for that that they were used in the first half of the 18th century with the um, Rococo style. And, you know, the Rococo style is very free. It's, you know, again, whimsical. It's, uh, you know, when you look at all the commodes and furniture, you have all, all of these curves and you play mm-hmm. with all of those motifs. So it's yeah. very playful. Mm-hmm. And that's why monkeys were used. <laughs> that's uh, so, so fun. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, I'll have to add a link to one of the paintings because they're actually dressed up in human clothes and if you were passing by the picture I'm not sure that you would necessarily instantly realize that they were monkeys and not people and they're also you know very exotic Mm -hmm. and you know people wanted um exotic uh references in their interiors so I wonder if they also had them as pets oh that's a funny idea yeah well I wonder yeah I wonder Maybe they had, yeah. you know? How did they come in their yeah. uh, country? I don't know. But yeah, maybe they had. It'll be fun. <laughs> so yeah. I know you mentioned the Rococo with the monkeys, and then yeah. um, you talk quite a bit about the Rococo in um, the more theory-based paper. And I loved the part on um, Bastide's La Petite Maison yeah. because I've read that before, and mm. I feel like, the storyline is so interesting in how they describe the interior. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you you know when you when you take those novels, um, it's just amazing because you feel like you know what's happening in the 18th century, but then on the other half, you feel like, well, is everything true? 
Um, but in the case of uh, Bastide's, Bastide's novel, you know, The Little House, um, the storyline, you know, it's about romance, it's about showing off your wealth, and, you know, the 18th century is pretty much all about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great little book, you know. Yeah. Um, and we've done a ton of site visits since we've been here. Um, we've gone to see Villa Vicomte. Mm-hmm. I went to see Versailles, yeah. Fontainebleau, yeah. Chateau Aquin, and then some more smaller hotels that mm-hmm. have kind of been turned into museums, but yeah. it's interesting to experience those and then read the paper. Um, did you feel walking through the various site visits that we've done that you, after taking these classes, were you analyzing all the pieces of furniture? Yeah, I always love to do this. I mean, my, I'm really bad at, as, at um, you know, knowing which wood is it, but I always try to go really close and uh, see, you know, if the gilt bronze is nice or if it's bad or <laughs> uh, usually it's great. Um, and I, I love just getting close and seeing all of those little motifs that you can't see at distance. And in the 18th century, they would play with that. You know, they would, with, you know, marquetry, it's all about the little details details that you can see on the surface. You have also, you know, mechanical mm-hmm. furniture. So it's all about, you know, discovering uh, little, you know, com- secret compartments. Uh, so they really played with, you know, exploration. And every time I visit um, a chateau or a hotel, I always, like, go by the furniture and try to see, you know, where is the hidden button or the hidden, uh, you know, something hidden. But uh, it's really fun. I know. <laughs> I wish you could touch the furniture. That's the I, only problem. <laughs> yeah, that would be just amazing. But, you know, um, the, during the class with Ulrich Leben, he's uh, always touching everything when we go to museums. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, that's great. At, at least he can, but, yeah, yeah we're just watching him. Um, so... Yeah. Do you have a favorite um, hotel or maison or mm. castle in France? They're all, all just so beautiful. <laughs> um, um, I'd say, I mean, from the past visits that we did uh, last week and the week before, mm. um, I really enjoyed um, going, back, going back to the... Musenissime de Camondo. Uh, so it's uh, a 19th century house with everything furnished in the 18th century. Um, and even though, you know, in the 18th century they didn't really leave like that, it gives an amazing picture because you have real 18th, 18th century furniture with, you know, the real textiles. And it was, I really liked that museum. Uh, yeah, but... It, Apart from that, Volvigant was just amazing. Mm-hmm. It was just wow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the big gardens. Um, it it gives the idea of what 18th century was to yeah. perfection. So yeah, Volvigant and yeah, Museum de Camondo. Yeah. yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting because the and the building of Volvigant is really accurate yeah. in how it's remained. There's not been additions or elevators added or yeah. anything of those sort of like modern appliances mm-hmm. that we think of today, but um, none of the furniture really situates in the room how it would have been. Yeah. 
And understandably so, because so many people walk through it, and mm-hmm. you can't really yeah. achieve that. But what's cool about the commando is that they it's the building isn't maybe accurate in its room layout, yeah. but it's nice to see the furniture all laid out. Yeah. So it's a nice it's nice to see both of yeah. them within a, like a one week yeah. period. Yeah. But it's, it's you yeah. see where you start and where it, it ends up in the nineteenth yeah. century. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's real and What's nice also about the Commando Museum is that, um, um, you know, Eric Levin was saying that uh, they cannot change anything. Like, everything has to stay as it is. And so you see how 19th century people lived into an 18th century interior and how they used uh, the furniture. And I think that's just amazing for um, a museum uh, to have this you know, for the visitors to walk in and you don't have to ask yourself, well, has it changed in the 20th century or in the past few year, in the past few years? You, ju- you just go and there it is. Yeah, and I, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know it's there. I also think what the craziest part is because um, that collection has so many great pieces in it. Mm. But what's crazy is to think that they used all of that up and up into the 20th century yeah. The people who lived there lived there, I think, up into the 20s, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so definitely, yeah. it's just weird to think yeah. about them using 18th yeah. century furniture because yeah. I can't imagine using 18th. I, I mean, it just seems so yeah. delicate to me. And so precious. I mean, and I think, you know, you always see 18th century furniture in museums. And, you know, you always have the distance in museums, so you you immediately have the feeling that it's precious, you shouldn't touch it. But then again, in the 18th century, I mean, beds would be, you know, you would sleep on them, chairs, you would sit on them. So they were used in the 18th century, but today, you know, they're just precious. (laughs) Don't touch them. But it would be just amazing to be able just to sit on a chair. Yeah. (laughs) We just need Um, to find someone that still has them and uses them. Exactly. (laughs) So we'll be taking applications for that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, So you mentioned in passing the other day that you worked in Paris at Mm. a museum or a historical... Yeah, before um, starting high school in France, we have to do um, a small internship. It's just one week. Uh, It's you know, to help us see what we want to do later. And um, I did my internship at uh, the Mobilier National. So that's where um, all the furniture of the French government is being stored. Uh, There's also new designs that are created. um, And also you restore uh, furniture. And uh, so I just did one week there and... um, I guess for me it was just it was just amazing because and and I and I kind of you know that's why after high school I went into art history and then to the decorative decorative arts because um, I was really in it and I still remember uh, going through um, all kind of the services in um, Le Mobilier National because that was my main task is just to go around and see what was there um, and um, 
I was impressed, you know, they have um, a building where it's dedicated to uh, tapestries, because uh, that's, you know, that's the uh, Manufacture des Gobelins. Uh, so you have the tapestry workshop and they have a school as well. Um, and then they have all the carpet making um, workshop. And I remember staying, I think it was maybe two or three hours, into an enormous room. Um, and this lady, uh, her job was uh, just storing and um, having all the colors and uh, all the samples of each of the colors. And they were just, I don't know, like thousands and thousands of colors. Oh my gosh. And they were just full. They were in those drawers, and you just had to pull them, and then you you had all the you know the shades and the tints. It's just, just it was just amazing. Um, and then I spent also um, I don't know maybe half a day in the storage of Le Mobilier National. So you just enter this just enormous depot, like it's enormous, and then you have stairs in it, and um, it's quite dark, and there's maybe dust. Um, in some parts, uh, and yeah, again, that was an amazing um, experience. I also went into the restoration um, workshops, and there was the king of the president uh, of the president being restored. So I saw the president's desk um, and the chairs as well. Um, so it's just um, it's just amazing to be able to see those places and how. Because uh, they existed in the 18th century, um, even in the 17th century, um, and where they worked, I uh, also I also saw the um, places where you um, uh, dye the textiles. So you had um, big basins with like the threads of textiles, kind of having a bath in colors, and then they were drying on the side. Um, so yeah, it was just a bath. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like an amazing opportunity. It, it's, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, for people interested into going there, I mean, you just send a letter and then you see that you want to work there and then maybe they'll, they'll, they'll answer you. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. They um, really enjoy their craftsmen, yeah. the, the craftsmen that work there and the interests that people yeah. have in that. Yeah, and I think it's really important to keep, you know, they have a school for tapestries and it's really important in a way to well um keep those traditions because uh, we all we all gonna have those tapestries around so we need people that um understand them and know how to restore them and know how to conserve them and etc so yeah france is all about you know keeping all of those uh traditions uh it likes so many countries yes but yeah yes no but the <laughs> french in particular love their yeah. Luxury, decorative arts, and design—that's yeah. yeah. their thing, yeah. and <laughs> rightfully so, since they sort of dominate in that field. Um, yeah. Really quickly, is there anything in your research that took you by surprise that you were going through? I mean, sort of maybe besides mm. the monkeys, but was yeah. there anything that you were you thought, oh, I really, really had no idea? Um, I mean, for the, um, I guess maybe in the uh, luxury essay. Um, into the more theory part. Uh, when I uh, kind of went deep in the research and read all the um, primary sources of each of the intellectual, in you know, all of the intellectuals, um, I didn't know that luxury was 
also tied to politics and economy. Um, I mean, if I remember correctly, I, I know that one, um, I think it's Rousseau, he's um, against uh, luxury and he thinks that um, agriculture is where uh, the growth of the country comes from. And um, I was really um, impressed by how, um, you know, you always had different positions Um, about, you know, one term uh, in the 18th century. And I was impressed by how luxury, uh, you know, it's not only about um, those precious objects that you see uh, in interiors, but it also, it's so, so much more than just that. It goes beyond those objects and, think, and you think about, um, you know, what luxury means to the country itself and to society and to the development of people. And I think um, also it's um, uh, Dietrich, I want to say, or no, it's Voltaire. It's Voltaire for sure. Uh, so he's for luxury. And basically for him, uh, wealthy people make, uh, they enable the poor to live. And I thought I was so impressed with this idea because... If you think about this, uh, you know, in relation to today's society, I mean, it's sad to think about it, but isn't it, you know, kind of true? Because, um, you know, today, wealthy people, uh, you know, well, you have some that are very, you know, they want to keep their money for themselves, but you have others that are, um, you know, they are keen to, you know, uh, give their money to charity and help the others. So in some way, luxury is also about, you know, uh, charity and solidarity. So I thought this idea was also, you know, I, it's really amazing to, you know, learn this. Yeah, it's still um, so also it's, relevant. It is. Uh, it's, yeah, and again, it's sad to think about it. Um, but I don't know if, if you, can you, you know, imagine society otherwise, you know, luxury that doesn't come from the wealthy And that doesn't help the poor. So yeah, yeah. that's just <laughs> yeah, that's kind of big. Else can tackle that yeah. problem. <laughs> It's a big idea. Um, but yeah. Oh yeah, that was I think the main part. You know, reading all those uh, theories, um, I was you know impressed with all of these ideas. Yeah, no, it's a really fun paper to read, and I'm glad that I was able to read both of these <laughs> papers. I'm also so grateful that you came on. I know. We're sort of busy during our three-week yeah. intensive, but thank yeah. you so much for coming on My and pleasure. talking to everyone. Anytime. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.